going to go to Matthew chapter 4. Two scriptures um, we're going to look at. One is Matthew chapter 4, and then we're going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 8 also. As the Spirit of the Lord brought um, these two um, passages, which has the same scripture, where Jesus Christ will pull the scripture from Deuteronomy and he'll bring it into the um, New Testament um, for us to be able to read. We're going to look at both uh, the scriptures that God has for us. So let's go to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. Thank you, Lord. And I'm going to read from verse 1 onwards. Matthew chapter 4 from verse 1 onwards. After we're done reading this, then we're going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 8. So let's just read Matthew chapter 4 first. From verse 1 onwards. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, It is written again, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Praise be to God. I'm going to go back to verse 1 again, and we're going to read this. Jesus Christ was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now, there is a message on this, as the Spirit of the Lord is bringing to me, how God leads us into the wilderness, how God leads us into the wilderness. You know, I encourage you to listen to that message, for that message will definitely bless you. So Jesus Christ was led by the Holy Spirit into this wilderness. Then, you know, what do you have in wilderness? You don't have people there. You have wild beasts there and you have no water there. And it's a, it's a place of dryness. Then it's a, it's not a place of prosperity and pleasure. It's a, it's a, it's a solitary uh, place and it's a, place of dryness it's not a place of life the spirit of god led jesus christ into the wilderness with a purpose when god leads us through a specific path there is a purpose to it everything that god does in our lives has a definite purpose to it and so we see here the Spirit of God documenting here through the writer of this gospel that Jesus was led into the wilderness with a purpose. And what was the purpose? The purpose was to be tempted by the devil. 
You call that the trial where Satan said, you're going to go and do God's work. You are going to go and heal the sick and you're going to raise the dead and you're going to do all these things. Before that, let me see if you are qualified. You know, have you heard of board exams? Before you get something big, you have to go and sit and and take those exams before you can get your license or before you can get your, uh, you know, the big stuff that you need to get. You you might have gotten a degree, but then you will have to go and take this board exam so that you can get the license. If you don't have the license, then you can't do it. Even in medicine, you know, you have to finish your school and then you have your internship and then you have a big exam. So when, when the board exam. So once you get that, then you get the power or the authority to do what you have to do in order to execute what you can execute based on what you have received so jesus christ received what the baptism of the holy spirit he was filled with the power of god but he didn't go straight to ministry that didn't happen now there is this board exam that is there he is being sent or led by the Spirit of God, into the wilderness with a specific purpose. What is this? This is for heaven to witness, for hell to witness, for all to witness that Jesus Christ overcame Satan even before he overcame him on the cross of Calvary. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. When you face a trial, when you face a difficult circumstance, don't say, Lord, why, 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 why? Always know that God many times will lead you through something and to something because it is a test or an exam for you. Whether you're going to pass or fail is very important. How you're going to approach that and how you're going to handle that and how you're going to come out of that is very important. Very, very important. So trials are very important. Job was led into the trial, led to the trial, led through the trial by God Almighty. When Satan came to God, when when all the angels of God came before God to report, this is happening, that is happening in this world. You see, Satan also came. He also came and presented himself where? Where God is. Well, Satan came. Yes, Satan did. He came there and he said, oh, I went here and I went there. And mischief maker, he went all over causing trouble. And God said, what's going on now? He said, and God said, did you see my servant Job? Have you considered him? You see, God is so happy and so proud of Job. And he say, did you see whatever you tried in work so far? Did you see him? God is asking Satan that. Do you know that? God talks about every believer too. Did you consider my servant Job? And then thereupon Job was led by God into his wilderness journey. Before he could be blessed double. Already he was really rich and he was famous and he was blessed and he was he was like the most blessed person in the all of East and he had everything similar to Abraham. His kids were good and everything was good. But suddenly there was this wilderness period that Job was taken through. It was not a one-day thing. It wasn't a one-week thing. We just don't know the duration. It was pretty long. But Job went through this wilderness path, being led by God through that journey. And there was an end result 
that God was looking for. And there is a purpose to that wilderness journey. And so you see here, Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now, the Bible says God doesn't tempt anyone who tempts, the devil tempts. But he was led to the place where this battle has to take place. Because if someone leads you, he is there with you, the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God led Jesus into the wilderness. And guess who is there? He isn't there. Okay, I led you to the wilderness and bye. Still, no. He was there standing with Jesus Christ. The Spirit of God who anointed Jesus Christ never left Jesus Christ. Know this. The Lord God who came to you and the Spirit of God who is upon you does not leave you unless you fall into sin and say, I have nothing to do with you, God, and defile yourself. God will be there to help you in all your trials, to make a way of escape. He always does, all the time. It is important for you to be led by the Spirit of God. If He leads you to the wilderness, then just go. If He keeps you in the wilderness, then just stay. If He is there with you, that's enough for you. You need to understand the glory of having the Holy Spirit as our leader, your leader. Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness. And the uh, purpose is to be tempted. He has to have an exam, take an exam. And there he was for fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. And when he was getting hungry, this is happening. Now, this scripture says over here, only three temptations here, this section. But if you read the Bible, you'll see he was actually tempted for 40 days and 40 nights. So the many more temptations, many more tests, many more. He had to battle the enemy many, many times during the 40 days and 40 nights. So it's not that, okay, Jesus, after he finished his 40 days of fasting, the devil came. And until then, he was just, you know, basking in the presence of God. And he had no problems. And he was like all happy in the wilderness. No, he went through a lot. 40 days he was tempted. And at the end of that, the 40 days when he was done and he was hungry. It's not that the trial was over. He was not out of the wilderness yet. The enemy says, before you get out, let me see if I can make you fall. Before you get out, let me see if I can make you fall. Before you get out, let me see if I can make you fall. You might be doing good for a while. And then the enemy will say, let me come. I tried all this and you still were standing. So let me see if I can make you fall. Can you stand a little longer? Can you hold on a little longer? Do you have the character to overcome even the last minute, even though the battle is long and it may feel like it's tiring? Do you know that you have the Spirit of God who continually recharges you, who continually pours His grace upon you, who continually strengthens you? Do you, do you realize? Can you see it? Jesus never grew tired of the trials. Even though it was hard, 40 days and 40 nights, he was in the wilderness all by himself with a wild beast. That's what the Bible says. And he was there in the wilderness specifically to be tried by the devil, not to have a glorious time with God. Here's the battle. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. How did he face the enemy? He was led by God to take his exam. He was led by God before he can go and begin his miracle ministry. He had to face the enemy and he had to overcome. He had to pass. He had to show that he overcame. Before he overcame the enemy on the cross, he overcame the enemy here. 
before he even entered into the ministry that God had for him. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. When he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, throughout this time, when the temptation was there, when the trial was there, his focus was God. And he was fasting and he was praying and he was seeking God. So while he was seeking God, while he was fasting, while he was seeking God, what was the enemy also doing during the same time he was trying? He was trying to come and see how I can trip you up, how I can pull you down. How can I do this? How can I do that? Satan's goal is always to see how he can pull you down. Jesus did not give himself over to the enemy, but he gave himself over to God. I will repeat this because it's very important. During the 40 days and 40 nights, as he was in the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, during the 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus did not give himself over to the enemy, but he gave himself over to God. Because he gave himself over to God, because he gave himself over to God, the very God who led him into the wilderness was the one who led him through that triumphant, victorious procession where he overcame the enemy every single time. And this is why Apostle Paul is able to say that, thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph through Christ Jesus. Why? Because Jesus overcame first. He walked through this path first. He overcame the enemy first, even before he went to the cross, even before he faced the enemy on the cross, even before he faced the enemy at Garden of Gethsemane. Right here in this wilderness, Jesus overcame the enemy. 40 days and 40 nights, he gave himself over to God. He did not give himself over to the enemy. No matter what the enemy brought before him, he did not look at what the enemy brought without looking at God. He looked at God and then he looked at what the enemy saw and he saw what the enemy showed through the eyes of God. There's a very deep concept and I pray that God will help you to understand what the spirit of God is speaking at this hour. No matter what the temptation may be, no matter what the trial may be, if we are connected with the spirit of God, we'll be seeing whatever the enemy shows through the eyes of God, not through the eyes of Satan. When a person gives himself or herself to the enemy, then they will see whatever the enemy shows through the eyes of the enemy. I want to repeat, when a person gives room for the enemy, for the enemy to dominate their sensory organs, dominate their senses, dominate their thoughts and dominate their minds, then what happens? Whatever the enemy shows, a person who gives themselves over, give him, who gives himself or herself over to the enemy will look at their circumstances or whatever Satan is creating the way how Satan will look and not the way how God will look. I want to repeat it again one more time in a different way as the spirit of God wants me to drive this straight into your spirit. A person who has the eyes, his eyes or her eyes upon God Almighty will see the way God sees when the enemy brings whatever trial it may be. When the trial or the testing or the temptation comes in front of this person who is in connection with God Almighty, they will see the snare as the snare. They will see the trap as the trap set by the enemy. They will see whatever Satan has brought. They will see everything. And you know what? They'll become alert to the ways of Satan. And what will they do next? They will get the strength from God. And through the strength of God, they will knock down the forces of darkness. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Jesus Christ, who was tempted by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights, when he was led into the wilderness, before he could do this mighty ministry, 
he overcame the devil. Because he overcame the devil, wherever he went, he was able to heal the sick and raise the dead because all those spirits were subject to him because he overcame before he began his ministry. In your life, how are you? When you are led by God to face the enemy, how are you facing the enemy? Are you facing the enemy through the eyes of God or are you facing the enemy through the eyes of the enemy? When you see whatever the enemy shows through the eyes of the enemy, everything will be twisted. Everything will be perverted. Everything will be upside down. Everything will look different. It'll look the way how the enemy wants you to look at it. And as a result of that, you will be filled with the emotions that come from the enemy. Now, your reaction will be exactly the way Satan wants you to have because you're looking at it the way he wants you to look at it. But if you look at whatever is brought before you by the enemy through the eyes of God, because your connection is with God, that you have not opened any door to the enemy, whatever is in front of you, you will be able to see the way how God sees it. You know, oh, you're trying to trip me up. Okay, let me get my sword. Let me get that hammer and knock you down. That will be the right response of every child of God who has this connection with God, day and night connection with God, that they will not see the trap of the enemy the way the enemy wants them to see. That means like blindly, like going and just falling in and say, well, I fell inside and I don't know what to do. And, and I fell inside. And so, so, uh, what a pity, you know, God didn't help me at this time and, and nobody saw me fall and, how bad it is when I fell and the way I fell. Maybe he laughed at me or she laughed at me when I fell. And this is all demonic stuff from the pit of hell. God is speaking to our hearts in this hour. You need to look at your circumstance or your trials or your temptations the way God sees it. Only then you will escape. If you don't, then you will fall into the trap miserably. And now you'll have a whole bunch of you know, people can call hallucination, things that are not real. You'll be seeing and you'll be thinking, oh, this is what it is. Poor me, full of self-pity and then anger at people. And then, oh, everything will look twisted. And then after that, condemnation and after condemnation is backsliding. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Jesus was led by the spirit of God into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And how did he overcome that? Something that every believer should know. Now, 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted in the wilderness, knowing that this is why I am here. He prepared himself to face the enemy every single day of those 40 days and 40 nights. Are you preparing yourself? Are you preparing yourself to do the will of God? Are you preparing yourself to face the enemy and overcome the enemy? Or are you just casually walking? Are you just walking everywhere? Not alert to the ways of the enemy. If a soldier knows that he is in the enemy's territory, he's never going to be careless and say, well, I'm here for sightseeing. No. If he knows that he is in the enemy's zone, he's going to be very careful. Every second he's going to keep scanning the place. That's how a soldier will be. But a person who has no awareness of the enemy and where he or she is, they'll just go la 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 and then they'll get shot. God is speaking to our hearts in this hour. The Bible says we're not unaware of the crafty ways of the enemy. We are not unaware. That means God has told us 
plenty of times in the Bible about the cunning, crafty ways of Satan. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Don't look at the devil. Don't see what the enemy is showing and see how the enemy wants me to handle it. And that's how I'm going to handle it. You'll be destroyed. If you look at the enemy and then learn from the enemy as to how to handle his stuff, then you're going to be destroyed. You need to look at the Lord and see how God wants you to handle the enemy. The enemy is your enemy. He's not your friend. Unless you see the enemy for who he is, that he's after your soul, he's after your body, he's after your family, he's after your mind, he's after your finances, he's after your children, he's after everything that belongs to you. He wants to destroy what you have and take you straight to hell. You're never going to be careful. You're going to become a casualty. But Jesus Christ knew who his enemy was because he was alert spiritually. You know why? Because he was in prayer. He was connected to the force of heaven, which is the force of God. He was able to see the way how God saw everything. Now, verse 3. When the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, command these stones become bread. And when did he come? When did the tempter come? After he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, after he was hungry. Now, I said before, the tempter came and tempted him all throughout his 40 days and 40 nights period. But this is when he was done with his fasting. And before he left the wilderness, the enemy came. So, during the end of his wilderness journey, the enemy came. We need to be very careful. When you're about to graduate when you're doing well so far when in all the trials and you're about to be done, the enemy will come and say, can I trip you up in the last minute, last second here? You have to be careful. Never be careless. Oh, 40 days fasting is over. And you know what? I did pretty good. And, and I want to congratulate myself. And, and let's see how many people will come and say, hey, you did your 40 days fasting and you did it really well. And you know what? You went through this trial. Good for you. Who will come and see me? Walk here after finishing 40 days and 40. Bad attitude, wrong motive. Our eyes must be off of ourselves. It's not about who sees. Nobody should see. Nobody need to see until we come to the place of being totally hidden in Jesus where I don't want to be seen. I don't want to be heard. I don't want anything from man. All I want is from God. I want to be careful. You know, as no soldier is going to go to the battlefield and say, let me see how many people will admire my uniform and let me see, you know, how I have everything. Is it all nice? And let, no, he's going to wear everything and his goal is going to be, I don't want to be dead and I better take care of the enemy that is there. If your eyes are upon yourself, you are doomed for destruction. I want to say it again. If your eyes are upon yourself, you are doomed for destruction. You actually set yourself up for a big fall. Your eyes must be off of yourself. It has to be upon God Almighty. That anytime you go into that battlefield, it's not about you. It's about the Lord who has brought you there and who you're fighting for what you're fighting for, and who you're fighting with. It's very important. Your focus is, God, I'm representing you. Your focus is, next, the enemy, I'm going to destroy you. Otherwise, 
you'll destroy me. If you don't have that kind of a vision, before you know, the enemy will destroy you. So after the 40 days and 40 nights fasting was over, Jesus was hungry. Rightfully, he can eat. At that time, the enemy comes and says, if you are the son of God, who came? The enemy came as the tempter. He's coming to tempt Jesus Christ. So this was allowed by God. End of his temptation period. So the purpose for which God led him to the wilderness was not fulfilled until the last three temptations were done. We need to hold on to the very end. We need to hold on to the very end. We need to hold on to the very end. So, he came to Jesus and he said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I want to stop right here for a minute. The tempter comes to Jesus and he looks at Jesus and he says, Well, if you are the Son of God, Obey me. I remember speaking on this as well. We have, uh, I think, quite a number of messages on the same section in very different angles that the Spirit of God spoke to us. How Satan came to question the identity of Jesus Christ. Now, that's not the message for today. But we have that message. It's good if you go back and listen to it. How Satan tried to make Jesus do what Satan wanted him to do. Obey me. If you're the son of God, obey me. How foolish is that? If you're the son of God, will the son of God obey Satan? What is he trying to do? He's saying, if I can question and confuse. And didn't he do the same thing in the Garden of Eden? Didn't Satan do the same thing in the Garden of Eden when he came to Eve? Jesus stood his ground. He said, I am the son of God. And so... He used the scripture because the son of God is the word of God. So by him speaking the word of God, you know, what did he say? I am the son of God. Those who do the will of God, they are the sons of God. Jesus Christ, by speaking the word of God, he answered that question to the enemy by his action. If you say that you are a child of God, then show it. Show it by your walk. Show it by your speech. Show it by your action. Show it by your life. If you are really a child of God, show it. Jesus showed it. If you are the son of God, command these stones become bread. You know what he did? He disobeyed Satan there. You know why? Because he was a son of God. God is speaking to our hearts today. If you are a child of God, then you should disobey Satan. Obey God and disobey Satan. Because if you obey Satan, he will rob you, kill you, and bury you, and make you rot in the grave. God's word is coming to you today. If you disobey God and if you obey Satan, Satan will rob you, kill you, bury you, and make you rot. In your grave, God is speaking to your hearts at this hour. Very important. You obey God and disobey Satan. Never, never obey Satan. He's a cruel taskmaster. He's called the destroyer of the light. He can destroy those who are in the light. He tries. 
but those who come out of the light and go into his darkness will be trampled by him until they become fine dust and decay there. God is speaking to hearts this hour. No righteous person should go into the ways of unrighteousness. If they go into the ways of unrighteousness, they will earn the wages of unrighteousness and they will eat the fruit of unrighteousness. God is speaking to our hearts this hour. So Jesus said this. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Man shall not live by bread alone. And many times the enemy tries to come to people and say, hey, your tummy. Hey, you need this. Hey, you need this. Hey, you need need this. If you go after what you need by leaving God, then what you go after will become your tombstone and your grave. If you leave God and go after your needs, what you go after will become your grave, your tombstone. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. God says in his word, Woe to those who go to Egypt for help. Woe to those who go to Egypt for help. Woe to those who go to Egypt for help. Jesus, though he was hungry, he had character. He was a man of character. He looked at Satan. He said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He said, God's word is enough to sustain me, to keep me alive, to prosper me, to make me finish my work for which I've been sent. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Every word is able to power me, energize me, provide for me, do whatever I need. God's word is enough. So when did he say, hey, I'm the boss, not you. I'm the boss. I'm the son of God. I'm the boss, not you. Well, you didn't know the right answer. I'm telling the right answer now. God's word is enough. God's word is enough. You don't have to stoop low to take the stones to make it into bread. I can look up and receive the word that comes from the mouth of God. Hallelujah. Many people stoop low. Satan says, look, 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 look. There's a stone there. Take the stone and, and do something so that you can eat. But can anything good come out of the mouth of Satan? Whatever comes from the mouth of Satan is death. It's a smell of death when he speaks. Any suggestion that comes from Satan, will it give you life? It's death. Jesus said this. I'm not stooping down. I'm not stooping down. I'm not stooping down to get those stones. But I'm looking up where the word comes from. From the mouth of God. And he says, I'm the word of God. It comes from the mouth of God. How many of you can live a life like that of Jesus Christ? Now I'm going to take you to Deuteronomy as the Holy Spirit wants me to. So we're just going to switch to Deuteronomy chapter 8. We're going to be finishing in a few minutes. Deuteronomy chapter 8. And I'm going to read from verse one onwards. Deuteronomy chapter 8 from verse 1 onwards. Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. How many commandments? Every commandment. If someone says, well, 
the Ten Commandments are not given by God for us to keep because he knows we can't keep. You have to tell him, you liar, close your mouth. That's not what my Bible says. At that point, you're going to tell them, close your mouth because you're speaking lies. That's not what my Bible says. Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to what? Read and say, Lord, you have shown me that I'm worthless and I can hold your word and I can hide my heart and I can do anything with it because only you're holy. I'm just unholy, wretched human being who can't keep the commandment right because you made me worthless. You see, who says that? That's the doctrine of demons. Every time you hear anywhere it's preached, oh, well, boy, you miserable, you, you can do a thing, right? Well, he gave the commandments to show you that you can't keep it. Tell them, you liar, shut up, close your mouth. Because you're perverting the word of God. God never said you can't keep it. He said you can keep it and that's why I expect you to keep it. Be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers. If you want to inherit the promises of God, if you want to inherit what God has given to you, then you must do your part. Never say that, well, God gave this promise and I will somehow magically land on that. No. If God gave you a promise, you have to fulfill the condition. If God tells you that you are going to be the head and not the tail, then make sure you fulfill the commandments of God. Make sure you obey Him in all things. Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply. How are you going to live and how are you going to multiply? By keeping the word of God. Every single person who takes it seriously, every single person who takes the word of God seriously and who says, I'm going to be careful to observe it. I'm going to be careful to keep it. We live and multiply and go in and possess the land which God has given. To those who don't, this will not happen. The opposite will happen. This is God's word. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you. Very important. What did God do? He brought them. Yes, these are the people who had faith and these are the people who left Egypt. These are the people who applied the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. These are the people who ate the bitter herbs. And these are the people who did exactly what Moses told them to do. And these are the people who followed Moses. God had a test for them to see what was deep inside of them. The faith that brought them out, are they growing in that faith? Do they have that integrity to enter into the promised land? Or are these people going to go in, corrupt that promised land? God is doing something here. He says, he took them through the wilderness these 40 years to humble you, to test you, to know what was in your heart. Now, God can see what's in your heart. Why is he giving you the test? When God knows, you know, whether you're righteous or wicked or, you know, whether you're crooked or you're, you know, good. God knows it. From there, he sees your heart is bare, open before him. God can see it. So why is the test? You know why the test is? It's for God to show you who you are. So when he says you can't enter in, he can tell you this is why you can't enter in. The test is for you to know where you stand. You can say, well, I know everything. Okay, 
Let's see how much you're going to score. Oh, I studied, I prepared. Let's see when the test comes. When the test comes, what is inside of you will come out, not just for God to know, for you to know. God knows. God knows. Abraham was tested on Mount Moriah before God can reward him. It was a test where Satan got to see, all of heaven got to see, and Abraham got to see why God was going to elevate him. Now I know Abraham. Now I know Abraham. Why? You proved what was in your heart came out by your action. You showed now you're fit to receive what I have for you. Before God can entrust anything into your hands, remember that God will put you through the test. God will put you through the test to see how much you hold, to see what is in your heart, to see what is really there. And all those will come up. So now God says here, let's just read this again. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. If anyone will come again and tell you one more time that, well, God gave the commandments because he wanted to show you that you can't keep it. And that's why Jesus came to keep it. Tell them, you liar, close your mouth. Close your mouth because the word says something different. Do not twist the word of God. God didn't give the commandments to show you that you can't keep it. God didn't, command, God didn't give you the commandments to show you that you can't keep it. And he's sending Jesus to keep it for you. No, that's not why the commandments were given. The commandments were given by God for you to keep it and live by it. He says here, he led them through the wilderness 40 years. To humble them and to test them to know what was in their hearts, whether. So what was he looking for in their heart? Whether you're going to obey. Whether you're going to keep the word of God or not. Whether you're going to be faithful to God or not in simple terms. Whether you're going to do what God has told you. Whether you truly love him or not. Put it that way. Those who truly love him will keep his commandments. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Every single believer will go through this process often to see what is in your heart. Different places will come before another promotion comes. You fail, you wonder. Next test will come for you. You pass, you go forward. And why are the tests kept by God? To bring out and to show out to the world. To Satan, to heaven, to God, to the rest, the people, and to you. What is in your heart? Whether you are obedient to God. Whether you have faith in God. Because if you have faith in God, you'll obey. God brings tests. It's important. It's necessary. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might Make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but by, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, of the Lord. What did God do? He humbled the people of Israel. That means they walked and they walked and they got hungry. No food here. What was God's plan? God's plan was to give them 
angels food god's plan was not to well i'm going to make you hungry and make you cry and after you cry and and somehow you beg and plead i'm going to show you that i'm god no are you going to trust me i brought you all the way all you need to say was father we're hungry god will just pour angels food but instead they complained those who complained didn't fare well those who trusted god they received strength from god and they were the ones who made it into the promised land god says here i took you to this process i took you through this process of hunger to give you heaven's food to show you how this food will keep you how this is better than whatever you ate in egypt that man shall not live by the food that comes from this world but by the word that comes from the mouth of god whatever you may be going through understand this there are different points in your life where god will test you he will test your integrity he will test your faith he will test your obedience for god and it's important that you pass the test it's important you look at the test the way god wants you to look at through the eyes of god by depending on god that's what faith is if you look at your test the way the enemy wants you to and you will use satan's tactics and fall down at his feet and then he will trample you but if you look at your ta- test the way god wants you to then you will be strengthened by God, empowered by God, led by God, and you will overcome because he is going before you and he will lead you into that triumphant, victorious procession. God is speaking to our hearts today. Why do we face trials? Why do we face tests? It's for God to show us something that our eyes have never seen. Manna is something that no one experienced. No one experienced up until that point no one experienced beyond that point either i have not eaten manna no one ever ate manna other than those people did god allow them to go through hunger to give them angels food wow god gave them angels food and so he led them through the desert where they didn't get bread like how they got in other places what do you have to do? May the Holy Spirit instill this principle in your spirit. That when you have the option to look down, to turn the stones into bread, you need to ditch that option right there. You need to look up so that you can get what God has for you directly from his mouth. Where he speaks his word and that word will empower you. He speaks his word and that word will strengthen you. He speaks his word and that word will prosper you. He speaks his word and that word will nourish you. If you see the following verses, you will see how God led them. And there, not only did they get heaven's food, their garments did not wear out on them. Their foot, you know, walking and walking and walking, did not swallow. Their sandals, did not wear out. God has been so good. 
supernaturally God led them. See, God will take you through the wilderness, to the wilderness, and through the wilderness. It's a time of divine intervention and supernatural work of God that will be seen. It means you'll have glorious testimonies. You'll see God do mighty things there. But when you lose sight of it, when you lose sight of it, instead of looking up, you look down to turn that stone into bread. That's it. Satan will just step on your neck right there. Satan will just trample you right there. Satan will break you into pieces right there. That's why he'll come and say, whoa, 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 whoa. you know, there, stones, there, rocks, make it into bread. Go ahead. Anytime Satan gives you suggestions, ideas, bright ideas, so to speak, those are dark ideas, remember. Anytime he tells you to do something and you go and do him, you are his slave. Like I told before, he will take you and he will put you under his feet. He will step on you until he puts you in that grave and he'll make you rot there for good. Never obey the enemy. Submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Anytime temptation comes. Anytime trials come. Anytime you have to face something. Look up. Look up. Don't use satanic means. Satanic methods. Don't use anything that the enemy will bring because it will destroy you. Those are meant to destroy you. Satan will destroy you. But if you look to God and if you look up, the very God who is taking you through the trials to test and see what is in your heart, what are you really made about on the inside? He wants to see what's in your heart. What is in your heart? You show it. What's in your heart? Not just say, oh, Lord, I love you. You're the lover of my soul and everything. And when the test comes, who are you serving? Satan. But you need to be someone who will look up all the time. God took the children of Israel through the wilderness and led them all the way those 40 years to humble them to test them, to know what is in their hearts. Before he can give Canaan, before he can give Canaan, before he can give Canaan, the test came. Most of them didn't make it. Some of them did. May you be one among the few. When the test comes every time, God will see who you are. God will see who you really are. That you'll be worthy to inherit the Canaan that God has for you. That you'll pass the test and not fail. That you'll be like Jesus. And the enemy came. And he said, oh, well, you're hungry. The children of Israel were hungry. Jesus was hungry too. Jesus actually didn't eat for 40 days and 40 nights. And Look at his reaction. He said, man, 
shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I refuse to look down. I look up. Refuse to look down. Look up. It is important every time the enemy comes. When you are pressed, when you are constricted, when you're facing something, the enemy comes and says, hey, look down, look down. Always remember, if you look down, he will put his foot right on your neck and push you to the ground until he puts you in the grave, kills you and rot you right there. This is a prophetic word God is speaking tonight. Take it very seriously. Anytime the enemy comes to you and he says, look down, you say, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And my God is not down here. My God is up there. Rocks stay low. And when the enemy says, look to the things of the world, look to the people of the world, look to the methods of the world, and look to the system and the ways of the world. We say, oh, no, you don't. Tell yourself that. Oh, no, you don't. Oh, Saul, I will look up. My God is up. I will look up. I will lift up mine eyes. I will lift up my soul. I lift up my mind. I will look up. It's when you look up, you'll be able to see the way how God sees. It's when you look up, you'll be able to see the way how God sees and you see the cunning, crafty ways of the enemy. Instead of Satan trampling you, you will trample Satan. That's what Jesus did. He stepped on the enemy. The enemy ran. The third time he came, he ran. Satan will try and try. Sometimes people say, oh, I'm doing this and he's still coming and he's coming after me. Well, if he comes after me, get him up. Get him up. Until he leaves, drive him out. You have the tools, you have the power, drive him out. If you don't have the power, go to him and get it. Be a man. Be a woman of faith. True faith will obey. True faith will obey. I want to take you to this last scripture before we conclude for tonight. Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go in. And possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers. Whatever promise, whatever prophecy, whatever God has told you that he's going to do, make sure you get it by obeying God's word. By obeying the Lord in all things. Then you will have good success. Then you will prosper. In the process, you will be tested to see what is in your heart. In the process, you'll be tested to see if you are careful in obeying the word of God. And if you pass, you will inherit Canaan. If you fail, you will not inherit Canaan. Shall we close our eyes and look to the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Lord. You're the Lord God of many chances. You didn't wipe out the children of Israel the first time. You gave many chances. 
but it was the line that you drew after a certain point. I pray let no one in this church frustrate the grace of God. You've been such a loving father. Thank you for every board exam that we have to take in our spiritual warfare and our spiritual lives, oh God, which will lead us to the higher ground. So I pray that you'll bless your people this night. Thank you for every trial, every test that you lead us to and through so that we can enter our promised land. So that we can be found worthy to enter into a promised land. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Father, you have spoken very graphically today so that it may stay before our eyes because that is the truth and it is the reality that happens in the spirit realm. So I pray may your people understand what you have spoken and keep it in front of the eyes so that they can live and multiply and inherit what you have for them, Father. Thank you, Lord, for tonight's word that you gave. Thank you, Lord, for the ways in which you speak to us. We're in awe of you, O Savior. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, we praise you, we praise you. Power belongs to the living God. Glory belongs to the living God. All praises, they belong to the living God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. May this night be a night of transformation. May this night be a night of change. May this night be a night of self-examination. May this night be a night of repentance. May this night be a night of truth. Entering into the hearts of your people. Cutting down every false altars. And cutting down every high places. Cutting down every demonic works of darkness. May tonight be the night, O oh Lord. That, you sh- that your truth shine brighter in the lives of your people. Dispelling darkness out of their lives. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. 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 Once again, I thank you, Father, for speaking to us, Lord, in a manner that we can understand. You're so good. Your ways are so glorious. We thank you, Lord, for placing us in this house of God where we can hear the voice of God. We thank you, Father. Lord, I thank you for this food that you gave to your people this night so that each one can live and multiply. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I pray may every single person in this church, Lord, be doers of your word, that they may hold on to your word so that they can live. Thank you, Father, that your commandments may cause them to live. When you test them, Father, that they may pass and not fail. When you test them, Father, 
may they overcome in the name of Jesus. I ask you to touch your people at this hour. Touch every single one here in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Touch every brother, every sister, every child who's on the call in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That this word that you have given from heaven, O Lord, may it do the work that God has intended for this word of God to accomplish in the name of Jesus. May they receive your strength at this hour in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. May the eyes open in Jesus' name. May the spirits be enlightened by this word of God in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hallelujah. All the works of darkness may depart in Jesus' name. That your people may be empowered by the Spirit of God this day to do, to doing the will of God. Thank you, Father. Thank you for doing this. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.